0: hallelujah. Welcome to everyone tonight. You're a guest with us tonight. We're glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Joining us online. We welcome you as a part of this service wherever you may be as well. Praise God. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's been about a month since I have ministered on a Thursday night between being Connecticut, having Dr. Blash being gone to men's conference, so um, I'm not in a hurry. I don't plan to make up for all that time tonight, but uh, if you recall, we had spent several weeks, uh, two or three weeks at least, in the book of Job, and there's a few more things I just feel led to communicate from there. I believe... I, based on what I sense in my spirit in a couple weeks, we're going to launch into a new direction, but uh, just uh, if what I feel is accurate, at least tonight and next Thursday, um, but we'll see, you never know. So, Job chapter 42, I want to read several verses to remind you and to give you some context again, starting with verse number, oh, let's just start with verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Isn't Isn't it amazing? We're so concerned about people hearing what we say that we forget God knows everything we think. There is no thought that can be withholden from, you know, you can go, oops, I shouldn't have said that. There's no point in going, oops, I shouldn't have thought that. Sorry, it's not where I'm going, so don't worry. Who is he that hideth counsel with knowledge? Therefore have I uttered. That I understood not. Things too wonderful for me which I knew not. I've talked about stuff I didn't even know what I was talking about. I said things that I didn't even understand what I was saying. Here I beseech thee and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee. By the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I've gotten a glimpse of me, and now that I've gotten a glimpse of me, I'm not too pretty to look at. And repent in dust and ashes. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said unto Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, and that you have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Naamathite went and did according as the Lord commanded them, the Lord also accepted Job and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for the his friends the very friends that God has just rebuked and chastened for what they did Job's captivity was not turned until he prayed for them Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels, a 1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 she-animals. God, I'll just take the cash. You can have the animals. <laughs> this will not necessarily make sense until a little ways into this. I want to talk to you tonight. On this subject, it's not about me. It's not about me. Father, I thank You for Your presence. I thank You for the privilege of being in Your presence. I pray, God, that Your Spirit would minister in this place tonight, that You would speak to our hearts and lives tonight, that we would hear what You would desire to say to us I pray, God, that Your Word would produce in our lives what You intend intend for it to produce. I pray, God, that every heart, I pray that my heart would be good ground for the seed of Your Word tonight, that it might produce fruit in my life as You intend. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated Verse 10 again says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. If I understand the context of this verse, we are now post all of Job's horrible trial. He has now basically made it through the trial. And I want you to see that, I point that out in the context of verse number 11, then, then, when is then? It's after he's been through the loss of possessions, the loss of children, a wife who tells him, curse God and die. Friends that show up and turn out to not necessarily be the smartest of friends. Boils all over his body that we will read in a few moments. Apparently, what he was dealing with was such that it caused great distress to these three friends when they simply saw him. It is after all of that that verse number 11 says, Then... There came unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and this is really the primary part I want to point out to you and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. After it all happened, they came and comforted him. After he was through the trial, they came and comforted him. And I want you to notice something if we go back to chapter 2, verse number 11. Verse chapter 1 basically talks about the bad day that Job had, all of the problems he dealt with. The end of that chapter, he falls down and he worships. He says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That all sounds really wonderful and great. It says that in all of this, Job did not charge God foolishly. But it does not mean he did not have some struggles. Because when you read... The beginning, I believe, of chapter 3. And you read some of chapter 3. In that chapter, Job says, he or he basically curses the day he was born. He basically says in there, I wish somebody would have prevented. I, I, I In essence, he kind of said, I wish I, somebody would have aborted me. So that I did not have to face what I'm going through now. But in chapter 2, verse number 11, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came, every one from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, Zophar the Namathite. For they had made an appointment together. Now, Now look at what their purpose in coming was. They, they joined together to come to do what? To mourn with Him and to comfort Him. That was the purpose of their coming. Everybody see that? I'm sorry, we, we're going to go slow. We may get faster, but right now we're going slow. Their intent, their purpose, their plan... They heard about Job's trial. They heard what he was going through. The three of them got together and decided, let's go mourn with him and comfort him. Sounds pretty good friends to me. Sounds like pretty good friends to me. That was their plan. I I know I'm repeating myself, and I'm going to repeat myself for another moment or two. I, I want to make sure you get Their plan, their plan. We are going to go mourn with Him and comfort Him. They had good intentions. They had good intentions. According to this verse, they had good intentions. And when they lifted up their eyes... A far off. They didn't even have to get close. They knew him not. They, they saw him from a distance and didn't recognize him. They lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. They came with the purpose of comforting him, mourning with him and comforting him. They see him and become distressed by how he looks and what he's going through, They cover themselves in dust and ashes. They sit there for seven days and seven nights and stare. No words of comfort at this point. No words of encouragement. They just sit and stare at Him. I guess Job finally had... About all that he could take of the staring because after this, after seven days, he opened his mouth and cursed his day. Job spake and said, let the day perish wherein I was born, the night in which it was said, in which it was said, there is a man child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. And he goes on and on throughout that chapter. Basically ends up asking to die. So, three friends come for the purpose of comforting and mourning. Mourning with him and comforting him. Shocked by what they see, they sit down for seven days, say nothing and just stare. Job finally has enough, and he has this outburst, and he actually, from what I read, he didn't actually charge God. He he was upset, mad, frustrated, angry, whatever, wanted to die, but he actually didn't, from what the way I read it, what it says is true, he didn't actually charge God. But then, the friends start to speak. Uh, remember, they come to comfort Him. But if you read what they say to Him, if you call that words of comfort, in time of great trial, please don't come to me. Because, and I I taught a couple of years ago that I think in some ways, Job's friends get a little bit of a bad rap. And I think the verse we just read kind of implies they didn't come with bad motives. They didn't come with a bad intent. They came with the desire, our friend is in need. We're going to go comfort our friend. But when they begin to talk, I mean, words of comfort to me are, man, I'm I'm really sorry for what you're dealing with. It's such a tragedy, Job, of 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 everything you lost, especially those sons and daughters. And uh, I, I I just I, I feel so bad. That that sounds more like comfort to me. Their words were were not what I consider words of comfort. Really, they turned out in some ways to me to be more words of chastisement, correction, rebuke. Let me tell you something. If you've just gone through what Job's gone through, do you want somebody wagging their finger in your face? Do you want somebody questioning and judging you and pointing out possible flaws and, and, and making assumptions that you must be going through what you're going through because you've done something wrong. That's, that's not what we look for in moments of loss and tragedy and sorrow. That's not, that's not the comfort we're looking for. And so they came to comfort, but when they opened their mouths, it wasn't comfort. I, 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 I didn't get any of this tonight. In fact, I'm not even going to read any commentary tonight. So I can't blame any of this on anybody else. And I think, in, at least from my perspective, I'm going to step out of the boat here a little bit tonight, I think. But I, I would like to submit to you that the reason they they came to comfort... But I, I, Can we agree that that really wasn't words of comfort? Brother Benner, you've been reading it. Can we agree that... Those weren't really words of comfort. So they came to comfort, but what came out was not words of comfort. Could it be that they were not words of comfort? Because even though God trusted Job because he said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? It was God's idea for Satan to mess up Job's world, in essence. But could it also be that in spite of the fact Job was the most upright man of his day, there were still some things God saw in Job? I don't know if this is the best way to say this. I've tried as I've prepared and studied for tonight to figure out maybe a little different way. So I'm just going to say it the best way I've come up with so far. And and maybe the Lord will help me. Either it's the right way or maybe some inspiration will come here and it'll get out better. Consolation becomes collaboration when my attitude and spirit aren't right. Consolation becomes collaboration when my attitude and spirit aren't right. Here's what I mean by that. If my attitude and spirit are not right, when my friends come to comfort me, the words they intend to speak of comfort, if he and I are not in the relationship we're supposed to be in, then rather than it being words of comfort that help me, it potentially will become words that divide me from Him. Because, man, how could God put you through what you're going through? I begin to hear what touches in my spirit, that's off. Oh, my. What resonates with me is what ultimately is kind of pushing me away. Could it be, could it be, that when Job's three friends came to comfort him, That was their purpose. Could it be that somehow God interrupted their words and caused them to come out a little bit different? Because at this present time, Job was not ready to be comforted. You see, I think there's a fine line between a comforting party and a sympathy party. Oh, hallelujah. There's a fine line between giving and receiving words of comfort and it being just a poor me party. And based on chapter 3, Job needed some help. Job wasn't quite where he needed to be. When you start asking God to kill you, when you start cursing the day you were born, something's a little bit off. <laughs> when you say some of the things that Job said in chapter 2, there, there's something that's a little bit out of whack. The word collaboration means to work jointly with others or together, especially in an intellectual endeavor. It means to cooperate with or willingly assist an enemy of one's country, and especially an occupying force suspected of collaborating with the enemy. It means to cooperate with an agency or instrumentality with which one is not immediately connected meaning those who have come with the intent of being my comforter, if I am not in the condition I need to be in, their words are not going to draw me to him, they're going to push me away. Because it wasn't until Job prayed, For his friends. Did did you all get that? I I, I don't know if I've lost you before I even started. I don't know if you're quiet because you're listening. If you're quiet because you're listening, you can still do or say something that lets me know. (laughs) Get, get, Get this, get this. These three guys hear about the calamity in Job's life, come to Job to comfort and mourn with him. They apparently, we don't know of any great tragedy in their lives. We don't really know of anything they're going through. They've come to assist Job, and yet it's not until Job, the one who went through absolute hell, it's not until he prays for them... That number one, God turned his captivity. I mean, it's like, it's, it's being like if you lost a loved one and you were, some of you been there, you can you can imagine this by experience, but if you'd lost a very, you know, a spouse or a child or a parent, I mean somebody that's very dear to you, and, and you're standing at their, you know, you're at the viewing, standing next to their casket, we would not expect you to be praying for the ones who come for the viewing. We we wouldn't expect you to be sitting there, you know, to the person that comes to visit, to, to pay respects. How, You know, we wouldn't expect you to be asking them, how are you doing? We wouldn't expect you to be standing there, oh God, bless bless Tim, Lord, you know, he, he had a bad day at work, bless him, God. I mean, you, you, you had a bad day at work, but this person's standing there having lost a loved one. Who should be praying for who? Oh, hallelujah. It's probably not going to get much better than this, just so you know. I'll just uh, if you're waiting on the punchline, it's probably not coming. Let's at least get that out of the way. <laughs> Sometimes at least we can plow knowing it's going to, it may not. I'm not sure if it will. So just being up front. <laughs> Job lost possessions, lost seven sons, three daughters. Went through horrible physical issues. wife simply says, I, I guess obviously he, he forgave her. They had ten more kids. He didn't divorce her. I, 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 surely, though, there was a little bit of silence in that house for a little while after she just tells him, why don't you just curse God and give up? <laughs> oh, really? You are, you're, you're, you're the dearest thing that I have, and that's your advice to me? <laughs> I mean... I just, I can't imagine my wife, you know, I can't imagine last year when I'm sitting in the family room going through my physical, my wife just walking in and saying, why don't you just curse God and just get it over with, get out of here. He's been through, been through horrible circumstances. How dare God. How dare God to put Job's transformation, Job's turning around of his circumstances, making that dependent on Job praying for the ones that have just spent days staring. And then when they speak, it's kind of like, would you just shut up? Kind of like most of us parents have said at some point, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. And God says to them, you go ask Job to pray for you and expects Job to pray for them. Oh my word. So at, at the moment, would you, would you agree with me that it seems like the moment Job needed comfort the most was when those guys first showed up? Right, right. He's in the middle of it. Yep, yep. That is the time at which you need some comfort and yet what comes out is not comfort. And now that it's all over with, right. then, yeah. somebody say, then, When it's essentially not needed. Because verse 10 says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now the sequence there of those verses tells me things have turned around for Job. You don't need comfort now. But after he prayed for his friends, the Lord turned the captivity of Job, gave him twice as much as he had before. Then came there his brethren, his sisters, all that had been of his acquaintance before, and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money. Every one an earring. Notice please in verse eleven what they comforted him over. Did hmm. you put that back up for a second? They comforted him over what? Sorry, verse. What verse is that? Forty two. 42 and 11, please. Sorry about that. Thanks. They comforted him over what? Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) They comforted him over all the evil who the Lord had brought upon him. Let's have a little classroom setting here tonight. Who do we know brought the evil on him? Who was, who was, who was the one actively doing it? Yes, the Lord allowed it, but Satan. Notice now, apparently something changed in Job. Because in chapter 2, if those guys would have started comforting him and said this, if they would have comforted him over all the Lord did, it probably would have sealed his fate. Because verse chapter one, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a pretty big swing to go from that to cursing the day you were born. I I remind you, this is Thursday night. This isn't Sunday morning. I promise you, you would, you, it'd have to be an angel from heaven show up for me to preach this on a Sunday morning. I'm talking to mature believers. Job was now at a point that he was able to hear words of comfort, and yet they would not essentially they would not damage him they would not hurt him huh. i i I read this statement on social media today. I have no idea who the author is it wasn't listed that this Losers assemble in small groups and complain about the coaches and other players. Winners assemble as a team and find ways to win. i got to be careful who my comforters are. Because if I'm not careful, those that have come to comfort may become a wedge... If there is, if my heart and my spirit are not right, those that come to comfort, rather than it being for my good, it will be for my detriment. I believe that somewhere in the course of chapter 2 to chapter 42, there were some things that changed in Job that what Job probably thought he needed at the beginning, he now gets when he doesn't need it. I'm hoping I'm not the only husband in the place tonight that has given untimely compliments that really weren't as effective anymore because it was after the fact. Or something was said, and then you realize, oops, Or should have said something sooner. And after almost 25 years of marriage, I still haven't learned, is it better just to stay silent, or is it better to try to make up? You're kind of damned if you do, and damned if you don't. Because... If you don't say anything then you probably aren't really thinking. I look nice. And if you do say something it's too late cuz you should have said it 6 hours ago. I'm not re- referencing anything specific. Don't <laughs> Just talking hypothetically here. <laughs> just 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 fantasizing. Just Thanks, but it's a little late. I I, I wonder, I mean, that that, that could have easily been Job's response. Uh, Excuse me, do you not see the circumstances I'm in? I don't need your sympathy anymore. I don't need your comfort. God's now given back. See, look look, at Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter seven verse eighteen, and the disciples of John showed him of all these things. Let, let me let me let me get that in here. I want to i get close enough you can hit me if you really get mad at me. So what did I say? Luke seven. Short term memory loss. Sorry. Luke seven eighteen. And the disciples of John showed him all these things. The disciples of John showed him all these things. All these things are the things Jesus has been doing. Dead rays. Miracles. They come to John to report to him all that Jesus is doing. And John calling unto him... Two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying, Are you he? Art thou he that should come or look we for another? Wait, wait a minute, John. Right. They have just right. told you right. everything right. that Jesus was doing yep. Yep. and you still are asking. You see, when you're, and, and I'll prove it to you in a second by what Jesus sends back as the message. So, if you don't believe me when I first say it, hang on. I'll, I think I'll prove it to you in a second. But what John demonstrates is, when this is not right, it doesn't matter who says what. Hallelujah. That's the truth. Say it again. When this, is not right, you can say whatever you want to say, it's not going to do much good, if any. Because they told John everything Jesus was doing, and yet John's response is, go ask him, are you the one or do we look for another? In that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, And unto many that were blind he gave sight. Notice, while this conversation is going on with John and his disciples, if you're the one, at the same time, Jesus is out doing what proves he's the one. At the same moment you're sitting there questioning if he's the one, he's out somewhere doing something for somebody else that proves he's the one. But you can't see it. And here's why you can't see it. They come to Jesus. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor, the gospel is preached. Now, now wait a minute. He tells them to go do what they've already done. Exactly. Exactly. They've already reported all of those things. They've already told John everything that Jesus has been doing. Jesus says, You go back and you tell John everything you're seeing. Wait a minute. What good is that? Tell him one more thing. Uh Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Amplified, blessed, happy with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation apart from outward conditions. Your joy and satisfaction are supposed to be separate from your outward conditions. Your joy and satisfaction should not be dependent upon your outward conditions. Mm. Your joy and satisfaction should not be dependent upon your outward conditions. Amen me for the rest of the night if you want to, but it's one thing to say amen, it's another thing to live it. Your joy and your satisfaction should not be dependent upon outward conditions. Happy to be envied is he, here it is, who takes no offense in me, and who is not hurt or resentful or annoyed or repelled or made to stumble, whatever may occur. It really doesn't matter what you tell John, because the bottom line is John's offended with what I've done. And so all of your words of comfort do no good. Hmm. Contemporary English version says it this way. God will bless everyone who doesn't reject me because of what I do. God will bless everyone who doesn't reject me because of what I do. Y- you know what? It's one thing to believe in the account of creation. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. It's one thing to believe in Genesis' account of creation, the Genesis' account of creation. It's another thing to truly honor and respect God as the Creator. Because if He truly is the Creator, He has the right to do whatever He wants to do. there are people sitting in this place tonight that you are struggling in your walk with God because the Creator has had the audacity to do or, for many of you, it's what He hasn't done that's the issue. Don't, don't get, Jonah, don't get too excited because this is not going to end well, okay? So I'm just giving you a heads up. Let you down easy. If I come up to you and say, there's the key to my car, for the next two weeks, you can drive it, enjoy, and then I come back and say, sorry, I changed my mind. He may not like it. He may not like it. But he has no ground to stand on to argue with me. It's my car. When you fuss at him over what he does or does not do, you are now arguing about who the owner is. Oh, my word. Uh, This is not fun, but I'm going to tell you, if some of you'd listen and take it home and take it to heart, your life would change. I'm telling you that right now. You tell John, bottom line, it's not about what I do. Notice, please, that it was only a short time before that without any miracles... Without anything, no, no do, do, you get, do you get that? They, before They come to John and tell John everything Jesus is doing, and he questions. And yet, shortly before that, without any miracles, without any signs, without Jesus doing one thing, John stands up and says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. The one who I am not worthy to unloose the shoes of, that is him. Wait a minute, John. What has he done? Nothing. And yet you are able to stand there and declare that he's the one. Why? Because at that moment, this was good. Yeah. Amen. At that moment, everything was going according to plan. But when things stopped going according to plan, it did not matter how many testimonies they gave John. It was not enough to comfort him. Oh, hallelujah. So it would have—it would not have mattered whatever Bill Dad and Shoe Dad and Him Dad or whatever they are would have said to Job in the beginning, based on where Job was, it would not have produced the positive, needful outcome. And here's why. Let me just come on, Pastor. Here, here's why. Here's why. 2 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 1, beginning with verse number 1. 2 Corinthians 1 and 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints, which are in Achaia, Achaia, Achaia. Grace be unto you, and peace to you. Grace grace be to you, and peace, from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number three. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. Who? God. God, let me say it this way, God comforteth us in all our tribulation. God comforts us. There is the majority of us problem. We do not go to God first and foremost for comfort. Nobody's shouting me down tonight, but some of you are staring me down. Paul said, God is the one who comforted, us, who comforted us in all our tribulation. We run to spouses. We run, run to friends. We run to brothers and sisters, spiritual brothers and sisters. We run to a pastor. We run to other leaders. And the problem is when we do that, we have not gone... To the source of comfort. Oh, hallelujah! Woo. Anybody need gas in your car right now? Seriously, anybody need you need some gas in your car? Listen, I'm going to help you out. All right, I want you to when you get leave here, go put that in your tank. That'll help you, won't it? No. Why? Well, oh, that was a powerful, profound statement. It's not gas. I, you are not the comforter. Oh, hallelujah. You can't get something. You can't get from something what it's not. I'm sorry for the very simplistic analogy here. Sorry. It's water. It may be liquid, but it's not gasoline. Not only will it not help the need... If he goes and pours it in, it will cause damage. That's so, right. That's right. Lord, hallelujah. So, when I run to somebody that is not the source of comfort, that does not have comfort that I need, but I try to make them give me something they don't have. Not only does it not help, it's just not that it doesn't help, it's that it hurts. Oh, hallelujah. Who, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the, comfort, and the God of all comfort. You know how many people that an offense has started in their lives because I went through such and such and pastor never called me. I, I I I missed church because I was sick and nobody noticed. Oh hallelujah! Come back in a couple of weeks because we're gonna, if the Lord willing, we're we're gonna get into some of the responsibility of the body, which is caring for each other. So that's the other side of the coin. But tonight we're on this side of the coin. All right, all right. You mean, oh Lord, i I, I I will say this: You can take it or leave it if you want to. I am not here tonight, pointing or shooting at anybody. I I I love it through the years, man. People will be they'd be in the hospital for like three days, and then they get you, you find out later they're offended because they were in the hospital and nobody came to see them, and then you ask this question. Who, who did you tell you were in the hospital? And you get, literally, you get this answer. Well, I, I didn't really tell anybody. I didn't want anybody to know. You're ready to quit church because you were in the hospital. Nobody came to see you, and so you're offended. And yet you also acknowledge you didn't tell because you didn't want anybody to know. So the implication is we all just walk around. Mm. God just tells us, hospital, room 253. And so we end up wanting to get disjointed with the body because we never went to the source. lest be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. I I, I get so tired. I get so tired. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I get so tired of people coming to me for advice when they've been to 15 other people. You go talk to Brother So-and-so... You'll talk to brother so-and-so, and then it, 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 I guess it's as though you're looking until you find the person who will collaborate with you, yeah. Come on. the one that's going to tell you what you want to hear. Uh, I hope nobody's got their shovel out tonight. Sitting there thinking about who all this is good for. Because there's a real good chance if that's your thought. Anyway. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Now, now how many of you... Now, this is not a trick question. Again, I, I know Bishop says, I've heard it say it many times. You've heard him say it with regard to a couple of years ago and what, what my mother went through that he and my mother never asked why. I greatly honor and respect them for that, but I ask it, and I keep asking it. Hopefully, after the number of years he's got under his belt, I'll get there one day too. So that being said, anybody ever ask why, with stuff you go through? Come on, that, oh, the rest of y'all are sleeping or lying or something. I mean, you're, I don't, maybe not everything you go through, not may, but but you, you, you can't tell me that there's not stuff you've gone through that you haven't wondered why. Oh, I know. We all know the spiritual answers. I know that. We know that all... I don't need to know why, brother, right? We know that all things work together for good to them. Love God, are called according to the purpose. We know, God. I, I mean, I we know the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So I don't have to ask why. God's got it all under control. You lying. <laughs> That's just like Job. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Now I wish I'd have never been born. <laughs> yep. I, am, I am getting ready. Right now, I am about to read. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to read to you why you go through what you go through. Paul tells us why. The God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation... Here's the reason why you're going through what you're going through. So that you will be able to comfort them which are in trouble. That's right. Brother Wright, you've just been telling us all night about we don't need comfort from me. We need it from that's right, I'm talking to mature believers. Because newborn babes need somebody to comfort them. They can't take care of themselves but spiritually mature Christians that have put away childish things should know how to go to the source. And so whatever you're going through is so that you can comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith ourselves are comforted of God. So the problem is if I don't go to the source of comfort, I can't then give to you what I don't have. And I can't give you comfort without getting it from Him. Because if I'm trying to give you what originates with me... So that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth. By Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your salvation, it is for your consolation and salvation. And so hence my title. It's not about me. So I'm gonna get out on a really get out on a limb here tonight. Is there a possibility that all that Job went through was about three guys? That we're gonna need something. And so everything Job went through was to get him to the point that he could pray for those. I don't know what those guys' condition was. I don't know what the story of their life was. It would appear to me, it would appear to me that the circumstances of their life were not as bad as Job's which is oftentimes our problem. Why should I pray for you when you stubbed your toe on the door jam when I'm dying of a terminal disease? I told you 20 minutes ago it wasn't getting better. (laughs) I was honest. There's been no false advertising here tonight. Why should Job have to pray for those that all they did was come and essentially criticize him, really? When they, I mean, surely they ought to be the ones giving. And yet God sends them to Job and says, I'm going to take care of what you need when he prays. But I need him to get something from me so that he can then give it to you. It's a it's it's we we've, we've Dr. Blash, it was pretty interesting to me. Not picking this one thing out because there was so much it was so good, but I I was very intrigued on Saturday when Doctor Blash was teaching. And he covered that, help me if I get this wrong, but I think it was 5 to 7 years, 10 to 12, and 20 to 25, I think. that in each of those time periods, there is a spike in the divorce rate. And he went through some very practical explanations of that. I'm in that 20 to 25 category. And, and one of the things, as a husband, as a husband that's trying to be the best husband I can be, is to try to learn to discern what it is she needs me to give her and what it is she needs to go get from him. My default is... To try to give, because it feels pretty harsh and unkind to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you, you need to go pray. But the truth of the matter is, there are things that I cannot give her, and the opposite is true as well. There are things she cannot give me. And the problem is, is when we try to give what we don't have to give, what we weren't called to give. I am not. I, I know you're all, amen, that's right, but like I said earlier, amen's one thing. I am not your savior. Duh, brother, right? We know that. Of course, you're not. And why is it you get offended with me or people in a position? I'm I'm talking principle. I'm not talking me specifically. It's not my point. Well, why is it you get offended? With people in leadership or whatever, when they don't save you. Yeah. Folks, if, I'm, if you and I are going to become all that we are supposed to be, we got to reach the point where we know the source. Of comfort. I oh, don't see where's all the babies tonight. They all disappeared. I know there was one or one or two. Where'd they go? I mean, real babies, literal. I'm talking, not speaking spiritual principles here. Where'd, where'd y'all? Is she asleep or she? Ah, oh, there she is. Look, there, there comes Sister Johnson with that grandbaby. Do you, 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 you who in the world? Would say to that precious child, If you're hungry, go get some food. There's a good chance when we get home tonight, there's an individual or two that probably will express hunger. I don't my, my kids are they, they amaze they, me. they really they have, especially if you compare them. To where I was, that they have surpassed me in so many ways, and 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 in very important ways, and also just kind of simple, practical ways. Nathaniel, for how many years now? It's been a couple years, isn't it? He does his own laundry. He does his he does his own. There's reasons behind that, but he does his own. No, not because she told him to either. That's someone. well, he's brother. No, no, no. He knows if he does it, it gets done. He doesn't have to wait. So that's... I, to this day, <laughs> if something has to go in the wash, I need step-by-step instructions. I'm not making. I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. If it needs to go in the dryer, what settings does it go on? I make pretty good peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm now dabbling with the green egg and the grill. I've made two pies. (laughs) The first time I made one, it was timed when I knew no one would be in the house because I knew I would get grief over being in the kitchen and making a pie. And once it was found out, I made the pie. I got the grief. <laughs> Today, we get a text in our family chat of, of the eggs and meat from Mission Barbecue that Timothy had made a concoction of. So the problem he doesn't understand with that The more you do that, the more the response becomes, if you're hungry, go take care of it. it Zach and Martina are not going to go home tonight, and if Melody starts fussing, they're not going to say to her, there's the kitchen. My point being, again, to the spiritual infants... They need someone to comfort them. They can't do it for themselves. But the older I grow, the more I mature, the more I should realize the source of all comfort is God. And so therefore God allows trouble in your life for one purpose. You don't need to ask why anymore. (laughs) Paul answered it. So that you can comfort those who are in trouble. That can't get to the the kitchen by themselves. It's not about me. Job, you went through some bad stuff, man. I hate to tell you, it wasn't about you. Let's pray. Father, I believe that I am amongst a group of people tonight that are have a desire. We are not here to just be spiritual infants. We're not here to remain spiritually immature. I believe, God, that I am amongst a group of people that desire to, as Paul said, put away childish things to grow and mature in our faith and our walk with you. I pray, God, that you would help us tonight. God, it seems like it's so easy in our human nature that we determine what and when we need something. We have moments in which we feel like we need comfort. We feel like we need someone, another individual to come alongside us. And it seems, God, that there are those times that we may not have recognized it, but perhaps it's been by your divine intervention that in some of those moments that we were looking for comfort, you have prevented even those that have intended to comfort us. You have somehow prevented that because you knew there was some stuff that had to be, to be dealt with. There were some things that were out of alignment in our lives that had to get realigned to the point that it almost seems that sometimes we get what we think we need, but it's after the fact. I pray, God, that You would help us tonight, that You would help every single one of us to learn as Paul instructed, that you are the God of all comfort, that you are the one that comforteth us. It's not my wife, it's not my kids, it's not my parents, it's not fellow ministers that I need, it's not friends that I need. But in those times of trials and tests, difficulties... It's really just you, God, that I need to learn how to allow to be the comfort, because you are the God of all comfort. But beyond that, God, I pray that you would help us tonight to learn to have the confidence in you as the Creator to allow in our lives what you choose to allow, so that not only you comfort us, but then we can in turn comfort those that have not not yet learned how to go to you as the source of comfort. Help us tonight, Father. Help us tonight. Help us tonight, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, give us the grace to be able to do as Job and to pray. Pray for those, God, that seem perhaps not to be dealing with as much as we're dealing with. Pray for those, God, that may in fact be the ones that have added to some of our misery, but in turn to be able to pray so that you can then turn our captivity. You can then transform our circumstances and our situations, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just another moment or two. I I challenge somebody right now. I encourage somebody to... Release some things right now. Let God bring you back into alignment so ultimately what you need can be provided. <coughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <inaudible> In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. In Jesus' name.